Hello, God bless, and welcome. I'm Kevin Haggerty. You're watching The God Logic Project, where we discuss maintaining a Christian worldview in a post-Christian America. We're talking faith-based recovery today, uh, but first, the intro music. Hello, God bless, and welcome. I'm Kevin Haggerty, and this is The God Logic Project. Shut up, Kevin. <laughs> yes, I'm Kevin Haggerty. That's Mike Houston telling me to shut up like he does every show. Uh, before we get started, guys, we're going to be talking about recovery here in the Tampa Bay area. But we're going to be talking about it with a little bit of a different twist, and this is going to be faith-based or faith-centered recovery. So uh, uh, we're going to get to our, our guests here right now uh, in a minute. But first, I wanted to thank you guys for uh, supporting the God Logic Project. A lot of you are going to godlogicproject.com, clicking on the Amazon logo, and shopping at Amazon. If you're shopping at Amazon anyway, it doesn't take any effort from you except for the extra link, godlogicproject.com. But then they send a percentage to the God Logic Project for getting you to Amazon. So that's beginning to work out in terms of paying off, paying some of my bills. Uh, but I want to thank you guys for doing it. I want to encourage you that haven't done it yet to do it. You could also support the God Logic Project directly at paypal.me forward slash God Logic Project. Uh, and again, always thank you for subscribing. If you haven't subscribed yet, I hope we earn your su subscription today. You see God Logic Project content on social media. I ask that you share it. It helps raise awareness for the project. Uh, and that's pretty much, that's the business end of it. That's the, that's the, boring part really uh in the studio today i have rachel and i have jerry now uh rachel's been on the show before but rach introduce yourself tell them a little bit about what you got going on i'm a person in long-term recovery and as of march 1st we are opening a women's faith-based transitional living home in newport ritchie it is modeled after the tn24 program you're familiar ah, our with. old program pastor mike was very generous in allowing us to use the program we're working in collaboration with him, we need to bring some faith-based recovery back into Pasco. We need that housing in that structure again. And what's the name of your program? Grace? Grace. Giving Recovery a Chance Every Day. All right. So that'll be easy for folks to remember. Giving Recovery a Chance Every Day. Yes. Uh, so the, uh, of course, in my world, being a pastor, I encourage folks to the faith side of things, but that is not always the case in 12-step programs, as we know when we're out there. We sometimes walk a pretty fine line between uh, between our, our Christian faith or any faith at all and, uh, and our recovery. So when you're in the rooms, it's a little bit trickier. But I do think I do see a lot more of this going on. And uh, uh, the results we got with TN24, by the way, I think we're a little better than, than with not. So we, got, we have some real success stories through our TN24 program. I'm sure you're going to have them through Grace as well. Jerry, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, I'm Jerry Brewster, and I'm a part-time minister here at the Trinity Church of Christ. <clears throat> and... I'm also one of the shepherds, one of the elders. We just uh, elected elders in the last week, so there's four of us. And so I shepherd and also I'm a part-time minister. Okay, so you got you, you have a church here in Trinity, Newport Ritchie area, and uh, you, you're going to be, uh, you, Rachel, you attend this church, or how do you each, each know each other? I do attend this church, okay. and when I started attending this church, I brought my children, and my children have been baptized there. They're learning to know about Jesus. My children have started serving in the church. They're just growing. So I'm so happy that we're going to be able to help other people in the community grow here as well. That's so nice when you can have a, when you can have a, a, a kind of a hands-on. You know, sometimes you go to a big church and you're one of 1,500 people on a Sunday, and it's very hard to connect really as a church family. We've been driving home the idea of a year ago we were friends, this year we're family. You know, things have changed a lot at next level. It's nice to have that kind of uh, 
atmosphere when, wherever you go to church. That's awesome. And Jerry, how long ago did you start? Grace, uh, it is uh, Trinity Church of Christ. Trinity yeah, we church started uh, about a year and four months. Uh, we started with a hand, <clears throat> handful of us, and uh, right now <clears throat> we're averaging about ninety-five. Uh, about a, a year and four months. Oh, nice. Uh, later, so so that's all I'm doing now. I think on Sunday, somewhere around ninety-five, one hundred and ten usually. So we uh, we we went through a giant reset here at Next Level Church. We kind of changed our approach to doing a lot of things, and it was uh, uh, we took quite a hit from three services with 150 people in each one to uh, to uh, one service with, at one point we had 50, 60 people in there. So uh, we're back up over 100 and it feels good. good. So the what role do you think, Jerry, uh, uh, Trinity Church of Christ can play in the Grace House? Yeah, I think that's this is very, uh, very significant. When Rachel and I first talked about uh, some type of discipling mentorship program with the ladies in the church and also with the ladies in the recovery home, we talked about... Uh, pairing them up one-on-one. So what we've, we just have of these hundred people that we have roughly 95 or so, uh, we have got a, just an incredible amount of uh, ladies that are very, very strong. Mm-hmm. When I think of Proverbs 31, I think Rachel can attest to this. There are a really strong amount of, of ladies that we have that have really been, uh, I, I look at as being super sound, super balanced Christian ladies that are very, very uh, strong in their faith. And <clears throat> they're going to team up. Certainly, Rachel can talk a little bit more about this, but they're going to team up, have daily one-on-one phone calls, five-minute phone calls. They're going to also, when they come to services, uh, to, to our worship services, they're also going to be sitting with that family. We want the families at Trinity to allow the people at the recovery home to actually be part of their family. You just talked about right, right, going right. from friendship to family. So that's sort of our, our connection there and what we can what we feel like we can do to to help these ladies. And it's so important I think to have people that are that are, are sound in their commitment to their faith. In other words, a lot of folks that call themselves Christians hit them with a couple of questions and they're not sure how Christian they are after all. And that's that's uh, that's very dangerous, right? So the only thing worse than an, an unsafe person for me as a pastor is somebody that thinks they're saved and they're not. Right, so it's so important that they be scripturally based. Uh, I think scripture centered in their development, and be surrounded by people that study scripture not just on Sunday while you're while you're going verse by verse, but they do it on their own. They have questions and they stop what they're doing and, and Google it, and they look it up in scripture and they try to support what they're doing with scripture. So, uh, what do you have? What uh, uh, in terms of building disciples and 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 drawing up the needy in this case, the uh, people early in recovery. What scriptures strike you when you get when you think about that? Yeah, I mean, for for me, it's looking at Matthew twenty eight and the and the Great Commission. Mm. Uh, interesting, the he basically talks to him about four things there at the end. I mean, I, I find it uh, awesome that Jesus could have said anything he wanted right there when he was about to ascend, right? Yeah. And he says to go, and certainly we're we're doing that. Uh, he says also, I want you to make disciples, yeah. and he says I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And he says also to teach them all things that I've commanded you. And so I think putting those elements with these, with these ladies, making disciples, I think is one of our, one of our goals yeah, as well. Yeah, and it's, uh, we're, we're called to, to build disciples and not build churches. So we, we, the American church, I think, has gotten way off track with their, uh, with their programs. pastor I really like named Kevin DeYoung calls it the Gospel Implied Church. Uh, we've gotten so far into the into the uh, lights and smoke machine and, and twelve worship songs and 
We forget to actually get to the gospel, but you're a church, so it's kind of implied. Right. Now look it up yourself, you know. Uh, that that's what the American church has become. So yes. it's, it really is, uh, it does a disservice, like I said, to folks that, you know, they think because they feel good on Sunday they're saved, and, and there's more to it. You really want to grow in your walk, and, and that's where the opportunity is for folks that, in, in, in the case of the Grace House, can really use the opportunity to grow in it, right? They, I've seen it firsthand now after our TN24 program was here for years. Uh, I have some success stories. I've had them on the show. I mean, uh, Ra, uh, Matt Daddy and, and John and uh, uh, Michael and me and uh, all the guys that came through there, Ben. I mean, these guys are all, uh, are all just rock Sounds stars solid. in recovery now, and I think it has solid. a lot to do with uh, they were they were nurtured in faith as well as in recovery. Does that make sense, Rachel? Absolutely, I agree with that. So the uh, uh, so the ladies from the recovery home will be attending church services there. Uh, as kind, of, will that be mandatory? Like we yes. did it, like we do with TN two four Sunday morning. We have service, and they will attend Bible study or once a Sunday week. Bible it's study. church Sunday school yeah. before service, and then on Wednesday night we have a interactive Bible study in, in place of a church service. And it's great. And they'll be able to connect with other families there and talk to them a little bit and get to know them as well as learn the Bible. And they can ask questions. A lot of times we have new people coming in in recovery and they're embarrassed to say, I don't understand or I don't know. So they don't want to learn at all. So we want them to ask questions and feel comfortable figuring out how to learn this for themselves. Everyone learns different. Yeah, I think a, another mistake, <laughs> I hate to keep putting down the American church, is we're, we're telling people what to think and not how to think. Uh, so we are, if you don't agree with me, then you can't attend this church anymore. That's why we have 9,000 denominations, you know. Uh, there's all sorts of people doctrinally. I'm sure Jerry and I, if we sat down, wouldn't agree on every single thing. Uh, but that's not really the point. There's hills we die on and hills we don't die on. Uh, and, and the truth is, if we can uh, start them off with milk and then then build a foundation of rock, and then uh, as, as the Holy Spirit moves them into deeper consideration and into answering questions that they might have, uh, it's invaluable. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I mean, I, I'm not a, saying this is wrong, but saying I love my church, we should say I love God. Mm. Uh, church, too, if you get what I'm saying, I'm not— uh, Yeah, but uh, it doesn't begin and end with us, it, right? It, right? So exactly. Pastor Kevin can't be your higher power. You know, you need— Completely. I need a higher power, not an equal power. My equal power got me this got me in trouble, right? So I need something to guide me that is that is beyond my own selfishness, like we talked about right before the show, that thousand forms of self-centered fear that drive us. So they have the opportunity now to, uh, will they be attending 12-step meetings outside of the house, or how does that Absolutely. work? Absolutely. They will be attending 12-step meetings. They will be attending um, some required meetings, some they get to choose. So they will have to have a sponsor and work the steps. It is a 12 step program as well as well as having a mentor mm-hmm. we'll be bringing in bible studies so they'll have a, the best of both worlds yeah and they'll have to find what we used to do and uh, i don't know if you're going to plan on doing this everybody in the program asked me and michael to be their sponsor but you have to go out to, to meetings and find your own sponsor absolutely so you don't get to take it take it easy and have kevin sponsor 12 people you know and say oh i got a sponsor pastor kevin's my sponsor it doesn't work that way so uh, you're going to encourage them to get out there. Uh, they've got to get out of their comfort zone, right? They've got to get out to meetings, and they've got to tell on themselves. You know, we say in recovery we're growing up in public. It's embarrassing. It's uncomfortable. But I don't think we grow in our comfort zones. And my experience has been we don't. So the opportunity to uh, do things in, in, in recovery that we're not comfortable with. So an example in my recovery, and this is later in my recovery, uh, I was never a people person. That's a bad trait for a pastor, but... Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, a buddy of mine, he didn't tell me to do it, but he said his sponsor made him do it. Say hello to everybody before the meeting starts. Well, to me, you might as well be giving me a root canal because that's a lot, right? Even if I know the people, I don't want to go say hello to everybody in the room, but I started doing it. People I didn't know, I introduced myself. Uh, and it's made all the difference in the world. I, I, for the first time halfway through my life at 40, back then I was 43, I was, I was making friends for the first time in my life. I mean, I was never that guy. I made money. I didn't make friends, you know? And so, uh, uh, the opportunity to uh, the opportunity to to be forced out of my comfort zone was huge. Now, when you when you bring the folks in, when you advertise this service, uh, do you let them know up front it's faith based? Absolutely. So they know they know then what they're getting into in in the marketing material or whatever it is. If if, if their families are involved, uh, they know because I can tell you that uh, in within the recovery community, the twelve step community, this is kind of a, a taboo to bring faith into recovery. And I understand the, the nature of it because we don't want to, we don't want to, first we want them recovered, then we'll worry about the rest of it. In other words, if they die next week, it doesn't make a difference. We need to help these people where they are, right? So we've been very careful in, in the 12-step community not to be specifically a religious program, although we say the Our Father at the end of every meeting, so it's a little bit, a little bit disingenuous, I guess. But uh, when you, when, when I go to a meeting now, I have to remember that I am at a meeting and not giving a sermon I had to be very careful when I speak not to cross any lines because it upsets people and I've I've upset people doing it uh so it is uh uh I feel like you're going to be walking maybe a fine line between working the program and and not stepping on toes although I can tell you more and more I'm running into fellow Christians even in the rooms you know well I believe that there are multiple pathways to recovery I practice that in my own life I encourage people and this is just a pathway to recovery they can, I, 12-step works for me as well. Yeah. But I also found that I needed something more than just 12-step, and that's what we're offering. And there has been an overwhelming response in the community of gratitude that this is coming back. 12-step people have stopped by the house, and they're very excited to help, and they believe that this is what's needed. Yeah. I've heard that over and over again. Are you going to be uh, just for women or co-ed or just men, or how are you going to do it? The first house is just for women. Mm-hmm. My heart is just to start with women, and we're hoping to build up more houses and open a men's house, but we're going to get this women's house going and get some women healed and connected in the community first. And it, let me ask you, is it a 5013C? Can the uh, local business community get involved in supporting yes. this, or Ryan Rope, paperwork, those guys? The paperwork has just gone in, so yes, that's what we're doing. It will be nonprofit. We'll be doing some fundraising and hopefully – be able to not only open another house, but when these women leave, provide like some material things, help them with some furniture, help them with some clothes as they become independent. This program provides some wraparound services. We want to help women get their GED, teach them some life skills, some budgeting classes, basic cleaning things or cooking classes so they become self-sufficient and independent and they can have some pride in in taking care of themselves. Yeah, yeah, and that is... uh uh, that sounds simple. It sounds it sounds almost menial to the average person, but people like us, it's a big deal. It, it becomes a very big deal that we are. Uh, you see it in people's faces six months later. I've had situations where I've been talking to someone for ten minutes that I knew when they were active, and I don't even know it's the same person. And I'm ten minutes into this conversation, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, aren't you so and so's brother?" And he's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "I didn't even know it was you. You look. You put on." 30 pounds and you cut your hair and you took a bath, you look great. It's amazing how the recovery process can work in someone's lives. And if they, if they follow these simple steps, these simple suggestions, 
the, 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 the manifestation of what, of the gifts of recovery happen pretty quick. And almost sometimes I'm afraid too quick where they take the, it for granted. They become, uh, self-centered again or egocentric and, and they think they've done this and that God hasn't done this through them. And that's probably where people that are, are brought through a, a faith-based program are going to have that extra safety net of, you know, there is a God guiding me through this. I'm stem abiding in the vine, John 15, abiding in the vine and the fruit is being born. I'm not even paying attention to it because I'm so focused in that vine. And I tell you, 12 step recovery saved more lives than penicillin since its inception and, and, if you consider the families and the friends and the coworkers and employers and everybody involved in that person's life, uh, there's nothing better than it except for Trinity Church of Christ. Jerry, tell us a little bit about your church and the background of it a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> the background about, a, again, a little over a year ago, uh, myself and there was another elder and a couple of deacons at a congregation that we attended in Lutz that decided to, to start a plant here in the Trinity area. So... We started again a little over a year ago, and we're you know we're we're up and running. So we're in a kind of a kind of an indescript place right behind the pit boss there on Little Road. So, <laughs> uh, I, I have people that have been in this community their whole life and said, "Where's that? There's a building behind pit boss." Yeah, and I'll say, "Yeah, it's Where's on me? back on St. Lawrence," and they say, "Oh well, I, I've no idea. Never seen it." Well, I've been uh, there. It's really nice. It's a nice facility you have. It, yes. I mean, the uh, it is kind of tucked back, but uh, then again, when you're working on a church budget, especially a church plant budget, you're not going to be on US 19 in Palm Harbor right in, away. In, you indeed, know? indeed. Or, or ever maybe. Yes. Uh, so, so I, I think we all of us have a have a passion for bringing the good news to our community, mm. uh, and I think a lot of times people bring the good news, but they don't bring love. And I've seen people bring love and not bring the good news. Yeah. And so I think that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring the good news of Jesus, and we're trying to do it in a in a loving way, in a gentle way, in a humble way. A lot of times I've seen it. They don't. People bring the good news, but unfortunately, uh, you don't see a whole lot of gentleness, a whole lot of kindness. And we're we've, we're all broken, and we've all been broken. Yeah. And I think it's it's crucial that we, um, you know, that that we live that way. And so I think that's, at least my, in my mind, some of the uniqueness of, of this congregation. We really want to be active in the community. We want to help people. Uh, we want to love on people. But we also want to bring them the good news. At the end of the day, it's Jesus and God that saved us, not us. Yeah, yeah, and that's, uh, that's I think, where some churches have, and I've been involved in churches that have kind of gotten away from that. So we became, and I've never been a big Christian music guy anyway, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, even still, I, I, I listen to it in the car because that's what's on, but I, I don't know who's singing or what the words are necessarily, uh, even the, for the songs that we play. But the uh, uh, we became, a lot of churches became all sizzle and no steak, like I said earlier. And the uh, it always kind of ached in my heart that we weren't, uh, our first job, our only job is to deliver the gospel message. And then we can do all the other things after that, but we have today here for this hour to deliver the gospel message to these folks who may otherwise not get it, you know. So the, uh, uh, I think we, and then we turn into living the gospel and going out and, and running into me one day or running into the three of us one day, maybe the only gospel they're exposed to ever or that week. I've talked to people that had no, never even heard of, they heard of Jesus, but they had no idea of the death, burial, and resurrection story. I mean, it, 40-year-old person, never heard this story, grew up in America, but that is, they're still out there. I mean, this, this happened to me in the last five years. Exactly. So. Well, when I was 20 and became a, a Christian, same thing. I mean, I'd probably been in a church building twice my whole life. So I had no, I mean, I'd heard of this man, Jesus, but that's about the extent of it I've heard. 
Um, and so I wanted to say one thing, too, that, you know, I think we overcomplicate. I, I know that you and I talked about before the show the idea of being, um, you know, that it's a narrow way. Yeah. But I think we overcomplicate Christianity. I'm reminded of the church there in Acts 14 where Paul started that church and that first missionary journey in Lystra. He did not, that, that of course wasn't a Jewish audience, but it's more uh. like an audience we have today, more yeah. Gentiles yeah. and today. And he basically said, he, he said, I want to bring you the good news of Jesus. And he said to turn from these worthless things, which there's a lot of worthless things in this, in our culture, mm-hmm. and turn to the living God. Yeah. And then he goes on pretty simply and says, look, God's made everything, right? He says he's made the heavens and the seas. And he says, these are people that haven't been converted and he's, yet. And he says to them, I want you to, uh, you know, God's made all these things, and I want you to uh, show, uh, look at what God has done for you. He said he's been kind to you. He's given you crops. Yeah. He's given you the rain. And he's given you joy. So we, I just think, I think we overcomplicate it. And that's what we're not, we're, Trinity, we're not trying to do that. We're not co- overcomplicating Jesus, but I think a lot of times we can, or we can make it all about everything other than Jesus. Yeah, and we're trying not to do that. And that's Jesus when challenged on the Ten Commandments. What did he say? Love God with all your power, heart, mind, and love each other like you love yourself. You know, I mean, I'm giving myself goosebumps, but that's a pretty basic approach to life. And it is, uh, it is the red letters in my ESV, so it is, uh, yes. it is, it is directly from from the mouth of God, if you ask me. So it is. Uh, uh, it's that simple. We, we tend to, like I said, we talked about maybe doing a, a show about uh, doctrine and stuff like that, but uh, I mean, there's certain hills we die on, certain hills we don't, but in an in a, in a air of self-aggrandization, we overcomplicate uh, what is the most important thing in their lives, you know, uh, and it is, uh, it is we're, we're building ourselves up, right? So I, it can't, doesn't begin and end with me or my church for that matter, right? I'm here to put you in relationship in a Genesis 2 relationship with your creator because right now you're in a Genesis 3 state, right? And so that's that constant battle, that constant tension to get back to where you belong. And then we take people that are, and I'm in recovery. I, I, I still have nightmares about what my life was like in, in the streets, you know, and the, uh, I don't have the heart for that stuff anymore. And you take people, these are, these folks are cunning, baffling, and powerful, right? They've developed they've developed some defense mechanisms out there that they're going to take with them into recovery. And here's an opportunity to say, you don't have to. You're safe here. You can put those down too. You can rebuild here uh, amongst these people, right? So the uh, the opportunity to have strong women in leadership uh, uh, or with leadership ability at your church, whether they're in leadership or not, it doesn't make a difference. My free Methodist uh, denomination as lay, lay leaders, too, so you don't have to be ordained to lead at a, a free Methodist church. I mean, you have to be have the anointing, of course, but the uh, uh, this is a tremendous opportunity for these women, and I think um, when, I na- when I name off my success stories, I seem to be naming off men, right, from our, our, our faith-based, you know, so for this opportunity, uh, and that's because I worked closer with the men, obviously, than I did with the women, but uh, this is an opportunity for women that, uh, you know, have had to, in a lot of cases, fend for themselves for a long time, and, and they get to un- they get to realize. Hopefully, it's said in their heart they're not in this alone, right? That they have a higher power that loves them and will guide them through this process if they just trust them and trust the process. It makes sense. Yes. We just wanted to say one thing. A few months ago, we started a Bible study. We have some young women in recovery, and just invited them to church. And privately, they said 
we want to come, but we're kind of embarrassed because we don't know a whole lot about the Bible. But we feel that that's where we're lacking in our recovery. Mm. We want our relationship with our higher power to grow. And so today, one of those young ladies actually asked to lead the Bible study. So she's taking initiative, and she's leading it herself to the other women, and she's excited to get to go share. And that's kind of the mission is to help these girls find their identity and their confidence in their relationship with Jesus and be able to spread it throughout the recovery community into their own families and take that with them into their life as they become independent and they know their worth and their value to God. Yeah, and the goal is not to be a pastor or a speaking pastor, but the goal is to be to serve God's kingdom as you're as you're blessed and gifted and, and, and anointed to do that. So sometimes it's hospitality, sometimes it's organization, administration, and only rarely is it speaking. So you mentioned someone like that that all of a sudden I would like to pour into these people through scripture. They might have the, the, the anointing of, of being a speaker, but that doesn't mean that everyone else's anointing is less uh, less important. So I've been I've been at next level for seven years. I've been preaching really for a year, maybe, maybe a little bit more. But the uh, I was in the back. I was making the coffee. I was cleaning up. I was setting up, making sure the air conditioning. I still do those things because we're a small church. But I'm also the chief bottle washer. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, uh, but there not every anointing is 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 uh, is to speak or teach. But sometimes it's 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 service, right? It's to extend the hand when uh, to recognize a need, right? Discernment. When you uh, talk about bottle washing. Uh, I sent Rachel yesterday. We were over at the recovery house. And uh, we were talking about, she asked, asked me to, can I haul away trash? So I said, yes, I preach the gospel and I haul away trash. <laughs> <laughs> so I got my trailer over there with my truck uh, loading up a bunch of trash. And my kids, my boys, my son said, we can't load all this stuff up. I said, Rachel is going to make sure that yeah. all this stuff is getting in that trailer. Yeah. I was <laughs> and we fi- did. <laughs> I was fixing electric like five minutes before I, was, I had to preach. But I was the only one that had a background in that. So I'm like, all right, here, I'll go do it. Keep an eye on things. I run out and take my microphone off, and I fix it and run it back in with putting my microphone back on. It's just the way you run sometimes smaller churches, but it's awesome. But we don't know, right? And at the end of the day, uh, we don't know what gift these folks are going to have or when they're going to have them. Uh, I'm, I'm following the comments on YouTube, by the way, and you guys, I encourage you to, to comment on YouTube. But we got some hooligans commenting on here that are making me a little uncomfortable. Somebody named Jess says, hi, y'all. Thank God for help, for the help in the community to want to help women and men become more self-sufficient. That's my friend Jessica, who I love. And then I there's this other. on vacation with her. I know. Tennessee. <laughs> and then there's this other hooligan. I'm not sure who Art Roland is, uh, but they're saying you're both good people in a, on a great project. So that's awesome. And then uh, oof, somebody named Casey Penn gave thumbs up. That sounds shifty to me. Who's that? Imagine what kind of parents that kid has. <laughs> well, I thank you guys. Of course, I thank you guys for watching and commenting. Uh, we could open the phone lines here in a little bit, and then you could, of course, call in. Let me, let's do a commercial while we're at it, while I'm thinking about it. Uh, I want to thank you guys, of course, for your continued support of the God Logic Project. Uh, if you would subscribe, ring the alert bell, you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll get a reminder every time we put up new content, and that helps me out quite a bit. So it's a, it's a small gesture, but it helps quite a bit. As always, you know, go to GodLogicProject.com. Uh, if you're going to shop on Amazon anyway, click on the Amazon logo, shop away, and, and Amazon will send a small uh, donation to the GodLogic Project. Uh, if there's anything, by the way, that I can do for you personally, this is kind of why we do this. 
uh, email me at godlogicproject at gmail.com or message me at godlogic.com. If you have a family member struggling with addiction, need services within or outside the state of Florida, uh, if you just need a spiritual ear to talk to, uh, email me. We'll set it up. And uh, if I have the resources to help, and I have a lot of resources here now in the Tampa Bay area, I'd be glad to do it. Um, that's it. That's all I can think of anyway. So thank you guys for watching. Now you have, I'm going to put up your websites here, guys. Uh, and then maybe Jerry, you can talk us through uh, what we're looking at here. Hold on. Let me put it on the screen. Yes. So now they're looking at your website here. This is your website for the church in Trinity, correct? Yes, sir. And they can sure. contact you guys through the contact. Sure can. Click on contact. And then you can contact the church right there. There's a little map of where they are. Oh, I love uh, cozies. Boise, that yeah. place is good. Uh, so you're not terribly far from me. Look at that. Uh, so that is uh, that is how you can find the Trinity Church of Christ. And these guys, uh, I, I've known Jerry uh, a little longer than we've been on the show today. A uh, good guy. I know now where his heart is. He's a really good guy. And I encourage you, if you're looking for a church, somebody to lead you in your Christian walk, I would be absolutely confident uh, having Jerry do that with you. Uh, look at let's look at this list of men. You got a men's ministry, a women's ministry, a youth ministry. A children's ministry, which I'm guessing even younger than youth. We have a few events coming up I want to talk about. What's the date of the movie night? Yeah, well, we have movie night that's coming up March 20th, which is a Friday night from 6.15 to 8.15. Uh, we're going to be playing Lady and the Tramp, and it gives us a chance to uh, no cost. There'll be concessions with no cost as well. And just for the give a chance for us to, to show a little love to the community and a nice, nice evening family Evening on a Friday evening. Awesome. So say it again. It's what date? Um, March 20th, Friday night. March 20th, Friday night. 6.15 to 8.15. 6.15 to 8.15. we're playing Disney's Lady and the Tramp. Okay. Very good. We're, we're doing a movie night, too, at uh, Next Level Church. We're showing Goodfellas because that's kind of our audience here. It's going to be awesome. I'm only kidding. We're not showing Goodfellas. <laughs> also, we have an open house for the Grace House. It's this Wednesday, 11 to 2. Come have lunch. Learn about the program. Get to... Meet us. We have some ladies from our church who are going to be there who will be mentors. We're super excited. Is that you? Yes, that's us. All right. Here we go. <laughs> we have a Facebook page. Oh, there's the hooligan now. I know. Uh, we have a Facebook page, uh, Grace Giving Recovery a Chance Every Day. There's the logo up top there, and you can uh, you can follow, you can contact and follow uh, uh, Rachel's uh, recovery house here. But here's what she's talking about. Can I make that bigger? There it is, February 26th, 11 a.m. Uh, to 2 p.m. Refreshments provided, 6502 Viola or Walla. Viola. You Viola. know where it's at. It's, the, it's off Massachusetts. It's the old Sozo house. We are turning that into a women's house. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's Newport Richie, and you can re reach Rachel at rachel at gracerecoveryhomes.com. Uh, and do you have a website up and running? It's being developed now. You can go there and see if it's... And I haven't checked it in the last hour. We'll take a peek, see how it's doing. Uh, and you could also contact her directly, but they're going to have gracerecoveryhomes.com up and running here soon. And uh, We're taking applications for beds now. If anybody's interested, please feel free to contact me. And, and that's what I was going to ask. Have you? Do you still have space? I know yes. these things fill up super quick. Yes, so we're uh, just starting to take applications. People can move in March 1st. Okay, so then the uh, – uh, and, and – uh, they would you would be uh, you would qualify for financial assistance from places like Ryan's Rope and that and those kind of uh, right and if, if they are, have funds available. 
our FAR application just went in, so soon we'll be partnering with BayCare for programs like FIT and ATIP and PATH as well. Okay. And Jail Diversion. So we're we're getting there all in the next few weeks. You're gonna you're gonna be pretty busy. I have been pretty busy lately. Uh, well, it's uh, it, as always, it's awesome to have you on the show. But the uh, if we uh, uh, if we if we take these these folks that are that are coming into recovery, uh, and 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 we we introduce them first of all, first and foremost, to the recovery process. Now, for me, I've always I've literally had pastors tell me that now that I'm saved, I could probably drink. So I've had I've gotten the advice from Christian pastors pastors that. Uh, that I could probably drink responsibly now that I'm saved, now that I'm a Christian. And to me, I understand this person isn't from my background, uh, but a very dangerous thing to say. It's, uh, in fact, I told him, don't say that publicly. Don't say that in a sermon. That's dangerous for the people, especially the people in holiday, the people that we deal with. Uh, the, the, to me, my faith, my relationship with God came through the 12-step programs and then blossomed or, or even flourished at, later on. So I have... I could tell you I was an altar boy. I grew up in an Irish Catholic immigrant home. Uh, church was a big thing. Everybody in my family got it but me. I was the bad kid in the family, the black sheep, the only one that got in trouble. And then uh, I'm uh, 43 years old, I get saved, right? So it's years later. Uh, and the, the, idea, the ideas that I was, I was looking into never occurred to me my whole life, right? Uh, the, uh, my, but my relationship with God came much earlier than, than my my belief in Jesus Christ and the work of the cross. Uh, so it is, uh, uh, it is important that they, um, that they, uh, I almost forgot where I'm going with it, but that they have that faith. I got my faith right when I, right before I knew I was going to need it. In other words, nine and a half years ago, I was flying high. I wasn't down on my luck, right? I had a house, a big house and pool with a waterfall and all nice things. And, uh, Within a year or two, I was going to need that newfound faith. And that's, this is the, uh, if I didn't have that extra layer of, of insulation, I may have drank or drugged. So the, to me, we've got to bring them back from the gates of insanity and death first, right? And so the, the 12 steps are that important as far as I'm concerned, even as a pastor. Not that I don't believe the Holy Spirit can do a tremendous work, a supernatural work in somebody's life, but it hasn't been my experience, and nor should a pastor be gambling with someone else's life like that right with their sobriety or, or so the uh, i think it's very important that they they first build a strong foundation in the 12-step programs introducing by the way god early the founders made the first three steps what i call the god steps i can he can i'm gonna let him and yet when we get into a, a secular meeting room uh, if you use the g word they might run you out on a rail so it's it's a delicate balance between the two. It's it's uh, but to me, it's it's super important that they get strong in, in the twelve step program, and then uh, be nurtured in their faith when they come to faith. You know, does that make sense to everybody? Yes, um, I agree with that. We're trying to uh, do just that. I think it is a fine balance to do that. Um, all of our women will meet with a recovery coach within their first week. They'll help develop a per, uh, pathway for their recovery. They are going to work on wellness recovery action plan. They'll be assessed at BayCare to see what kind of needs they have for mental health. So this is an all-inclusive program. But for me, personally, I had church from day one, and it helped, but I didn't have the guidance to grow that sp- that personal relationship with yeah. Jesus that I wanted to. And I feel like 
it happened exactly the way it was supposed to for me, but I want to be able to offer that opportunity to women from day one. I personally believe that the opposite of addiction is connection, and I found a church family where I feel connected, and I'm growing, and I see my family growing, and I want to be able to offer that to the women in our community so they feel connected. Nobody wakes up and said, oh, I want to pull my whole life down on my head. But when I got to the root cause of why I did those things, it was because I never felt connected and I never felt good enough. And I think we have a really unique, loving environment at the church that will help grow that. I know that I don't know enough to disciple someone in that way, but I've surrounded myself with people who are, are very knowledgeable and kind and loving and do that in such a way that you're encouraged, you don't feel condemned. And I think that's very important as we grow, that what we don't know, we don't know. How do we learn those things without feeling less than because we haven't known them? Yeah, I have a theory that the, it, the, the, it, the absence of God may be the very cure, the cause of our addiction, our addictive behaviors. And if that is the cause, and certainly it's the cure, reinstalling that relationship with God, our Genesis 2 natural state, by the way, uh, you you notice alcoholics are generally much smarter than most. They make better employees. They make better salesmen. They make better business owners. It's just natural that they would uh, react more strongly to the absence of God in their heart. And, 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 and that's where the addictive, it's possibly where the addictive behavior comes from. So plugging that, the only thing that fits that God-shaped hole is God. And plugging that back in uh, gives them that peace and and Jerry, I want you to comment on this. There's a piece that surpasses all understanding when you, when you really kind of fall into your relationship with God through the work of the cross. Do you agree with that? Yeah, for, for sure. And <clears throat> I was going to comment, too. You earlier were talking about how you've seen some pastors talk about the notion of you know, drinking and kind of <clears throat> perhaps helping to destroy some faith there of, of some people. And I, <clears throat> when I became a Christian at 20, somebody at the church who was teaching a Bible class took those 12 steps and actually we analyzed them every which way you can imagine, put all kinds of scripture to all these, all the different 12 steps. So, so it's interesting when I've got into the uh, dealing, talking with the recovery community, it was amazing to me that I, those steps I'd really studied, not at, at full length, but I was very familiar with them. And my word, I, I think the recovery community and the 12-step community, and we talk about the Bible, is works together. So it is no way um, you know, antithetical or yeah. uh, they definitely can, can work together, I, I believe. Well, the original, the original uh, uh, authorship of what we call the big book, uh, the first edition mentioned Christianity and Christ and God in, in 1960. The second edition, I under, my understanding is they took it out then, but it initially started off a spinoff of what was called the Oxford group, which was strictly a scripture based recovery program. So its roots are in that. Uh, but then, and I totally understand we want to be as attractive to as many alcoholics and drug addicts as we can to get them, you know, at least from not jails, institution and death, right? Draw them back from the gates of hell and insanity, gates of yes. death and insanity. But we can't, I mean, we're kidding ourselves if we pretend that, that this isn't a God ordained program. It's, it, if you think about 1935, two guys, two alcoholics without a big book, without a meeting, and without a sponsor set this whole thing in motion. Uh, you pick two of the smartest alcoholics you know, it would probably be me and Rachel, I would guess. More, more than likely it would be us. Yes. 
We For sure, Rachel. We couldn't find our asses with two hands and a map generally, uh, but without that big book and without somebody to guide us through that recovery process. But these first two guys did, right? And that has to be that they were driven. To me, it has to be that they were guided by the Holy Spirit through this process. Indeed. So this, what you're trying to do here, Rach, is absolutely makes perfect sense to me. Well, <clears throat> here's the thing. I absolutely believe in a 12-step program and work that but I want something more for to provide something more for our community. I want to provide a safe place for women to not only recover, but they can talk about Jesus mm-hmm. and they can be comfortable and they can grow in their relationship with Jesus. That is okay. They might not be able to speak that in a 12-step room, and there's a reason for that. Yeah. But in their home, in their environment, surrounded by their close-knit community and their new church family, they're going to be able to talk about that and be comfortable and learn and that's amazing there are other homes if somebody is not looking for a faith base they would rather have just a very uh traditional 12-step recovery we'll be glad to sure certainly help them find homes like that to live in but this home in particular this is you know where i have been led is to help women have a safe environment to do just that to develop their relationship with Jesus. And it's so okay not to know everything in the beginning. It's it, people Still are don't people don't want to talk about their Christianity because they're not sure what they know and what they don't know. I'm nine and a half in, years into some serious studying in this stuff, and I, I sometimes go to bed with more questions than I woke up with. That's the point of this whole thing, right? That we talked about it. If we if we weren't hypocrites, we wouldn't need church. Right. You know? yeah, completely. I I think uh, that brings me to to thinking about uh, the the Jerusy and the demon possessed man. Uh, that Jesus cast out, um, and it is pretty to me. It's it's fascinating that again Jesus could have told him to do anything there when as the demons left legion left uh, the Jersey man, and to me it's pretty interesting. What did he tell him to do? He said, "Go back to your hometown and tell them what God has done for you." Yeah, and that's that. I think these ladies can do the exact same thing as they know Jesus. They can do that that same thing, and it's empowering. Uh, to be able to just tell your testimony, tell your story. What has God done for you? And I think that's in and of itself is, is just amazing that, that, we can, that we can do something like that to our community, to those that we come into contact with. Not, yeah. not overcomplicated. Yeah. How many times in the New Testament do we see that the, the demons recognized Jesus and who he was and they shuddered, right? Jesus, I, I know, and Paul, I heard of, but who are you? Right. You know, uh, the... Uh, we are designed to be in that relationship, right? And and so it is, uh, I want them to feel comfortable and, and confident and have a peace that surpasses all understanding in that they don't, and I don't know everything that I, uh, I want to know or hope to know about this thing. But the uh, the there were times in my recovery, and I probably shouldn't say this in case my family's watching, but both my faith and my sobriety were paper thin, paper thin, and it didn't matter what I did. And what kept me in the last 10 years from drinking or drugging at one point uh, was I didn't want my son to have two screwed up parents. That's what it came down to. Uh, if, if his mom wasn't out there, I mean, I, if she was doing well, I'd probably gone out. I mean, I don't know. But the uh, sometimes we, we're told and we're taught that we're given a, a daily reprieve based on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. How are you taking care of your spiritual condition, right? Are you, are you pursuing uh, the light or the darkness, right? And we, we tend to like to do both, and, 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 when, and that's – uh, magnified in the rec- in people that need recovery, people that are uh, addicts. Uh, 
we are our character defects are also our defense mechanisms. It's how we survive amongst other addicts. And, and I built my world around criminals and alcoholics. Everybody I knew was one, right? That's how you do it. Uh, so to bring, to, it, it's very hard to, to lose those behaviors coming into this new life of theirs without some something like the mentor program you're talking about. Let them know it's okay, you know. Well, I was there about a year ago in my recovery as well. Um, everything looked really good. And it was exhausting trying to keep up an image of everything look, looking really good. But spiritually, I was struggling. And so I did find the church, and I met with um, Jerry's wife. And, and we were talking, and for, I'm not usually really good at being vulnerable with people. And I was like, this woman's been in church her whole life. What is she going to know? And she yeah. was just so open. I left there in tears. I was, I felt comfortable. I said, okay, this is where I need to be because yeah. I was able to to be vulnerable and say hey I'm struggling in this and instead of being judged a bunch of women surrounded me and said well let's help you grow this we're how do we fill this in and if they can do that for me I know they can do that for the women in our community yeah and people people that are unchurched like myself late into life like I said I was 43 um it, it's very difficult for me to to receive from somebody that has been in church their whole lives, right? Pastor Christian, I mean, he was in church before he was born. He was he was in his mama's belly in the kids in the kids' church. Uh, he was he grew up in church. His dad was a pastor. That's all he knew, right? His brother's also a pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the uh, we talk about the need, you know, the need for a savior because we're broken. The need for a savior because we're hypocrites, and not in spite of it, or not, uh, you know, we go to church when we're all fixed up. That's unfortunately every other. Religion in the world is do this, this, and this, and then you'll be closer to God. And and with Jesus is, I love you right where you are. Now come with me, right? Now let's grow together in this thing. He never, by the way, told anybody to stay in their sin, right? He said, he never once said, All right, keep sinning and, and I'll heal you anyway. He always said, now you're healed. You see what God's done for you. Go and sin no more. You know, he drew you out of that brokenness uh, and not waited for you once you had shed all that ugliness from your life to be in relationship with him that makes christianity unique amongst yeah. world religions and i and i've actually been to places and i'm sure you guys have too where you do feel like because i didn't grow up in the church i'm i kind of feel like uh you know i wasn't raised in it and uh and i think there are places where you kind of feel judged a little bit i mean when i first became a christian i didn't have a jacket i didn't have sport coats yeah, I, didn't yeah, have yeah. That. I was raised by a single mom for the back half of my you know, my childhood. And so I was, I was really, really nervous about being around people that were, you know, that I thought were better than me or had more money than me. Really, really, I kind of, and so some places give off that vibe and, you know, so what? Yeah. We're not where we're at. And I know next level is going to be the same way. You you don't, you have people there that that brace, um, embrace the fact that we're all broken. We have an elder who, who talks uh, on a regular basis about how we're all train wrecks at the end of the day. Uh, without Jesus is the one that fixes the, our, our brokenness. Yeah. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, we're all sinners, and we call it the way it is. Uh, if we think we're not or we act like we don't sin, uh, less yeah, who, like Pharisees. Then who's yeah. working in your life? Which spirit is working in your life at that point, right? Completely. So we have to abide in that. I always go back to John 15, but abide in the vine and, and don't worry about the fruit. Sometimes you're going to be pruned, and that hurts, and it's rough. But you're pruned. Uh, the vine dresser, God, knows how to 
how to grow grapes, right? He knows yes. how to, to bear the best fruit or the most fruit. So you're going to be, you're going to be, uh, they may have been pruned in their, in the rough part of their lives that they would bear more and better fruit going forward. And it's not for us to say, we have no idea really. I can tell you that Jesus loves you right where you are is a really uh, strong open for a sermon. It's a very dangerous close for a sermon, right? He doesn't, he doesn't love us, doesn't want to leave us in our sin for sure, right? So what you guys are trying to do then uh, is of the utmost importance, both for these people and their family and their loved ones and their employers and everyone else, and for the kingdom, right? For, that, we, that God would want for none to perish, that all would have eternal life, and that even includes people like me, and it shouldn't. But it does. It's absolutely amazing. Well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up here in a minute. Uh, I want to thank everybody for commenting. Uh, uh, who else has commented in here? Oh, Art Art's telling jokes. Of course he is. Hi, Art. Art's going off the payroll. You're going off the boat. I don't have a payroll. All right, you can stay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I want to thank you guys for supporting the God Logic Project. I want to thank you guys for being here today uh, and introducing this. We're going to go one more time through uh, kind of final thoughts, uh, where we want to leave the viewing audience. By the way, a lot of people watch me outside of the United States, so we are almost like God Logic International now. So oh, I'm pretty fancy. I'm almost a celebrity. Fantastic. So uh, <laughs> I need to get your autograph before. Yeah, I'll sign today. something for you. Uh, I I have some warrants uh, with my signature on them. Okay. You can have. Uh, all right, so tell us a little bit one more time. Uh, I'll show your I'll show your uh, Facebook page again, and, and just kind of give a wrap up to what the Grace House is and what we're trying what you're trying to do there. We're opening a faith based women's transitional living house. It will provide wraparound services. Uh, people will be required to go to church. They will also work a twelve step program. They will be provided with a mentor from the church to help them. This is not to replace their sponsor. They will also have that. But women need someone to help disciple them. Yeah. And we want to help develop self-sufficient, independent women to go out and spread the love of Jesus to the next person still struggling. The harvest is plenty and the workers are few. So that, again, is another facet of what you guys are do, trying to do or doing here. Uh, that can bear tremendous. We have no idea. I mean, exponential fruit. Uh, and, the, I, and I think the community. what I've seen happen uh, in lots of in lots of different cases, I love what Paul talked right after he finished that first missionary journey there in Derby. And he had just, what did he say right after he finished that missionary journey? He said, what, let's go back to the churches, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to be remain true mm. to the faith. Mm. And that's what partly what we're what we're trying to do here to to strengthen these ladies and encouraging yeah. them, disciple, encouraging them to be true to the faith. Yeah. And that's good. That's to me, that's two strong, strong goals we have for these ladies. Yeah. The, the main, I think the main message in James is, is steadfastness, right? When you read James's short letter, by the way, before there was a big book, they studied the letter of James in meetings. Uh, but the, the idea is to be steadfast, right? To, to persevere even under these conditions. Uh, it's we important. Wanna, we want to connect these with the women, with the community, but we also want to connect the community with these women. Mm. We want our community to find like a primary purpose. You know, this is a place to get people talking and connecting and loving e on each other. Um, a lot of people in our community have been affected by addiction and they don't know how to help and they don't know how to talk about it. I This morning I've talked to several families. We need to help these families heal as well. 
whether they're the person who's struggling or the family member that loves them, the solution is the same. Yeah, yeah, and it is. Uh, uh, people don't think or don't they think they're going through this alone. You and I, in the in the the roles we play in this community, uh, we're surrounded by people that are waiting and willing to help, and and people need to understand that they they. I'm serious when I say email me at, at GodLogicProject at Gmail because. Uh, you can be a guest on the show if it helps. I can I can find services for you. I get phone calls from out of the state that people have, a friend of a friend heard of me, and, and what do I do with my daughter or what do I do with my son in Indiana? I mean, it's amazing. Even now, just setting up this house, the women at our church, women and men, um, yesterday afternoon, it was like the party after church at the house. You know, we had a bunch of kids <laughs> there and families, and they're coming to help, like, People want to serve, and they want to help this community heal, and everybody has their own reason. But what we're noticing is, like, our women and men at church, we're connecting on a deeper level, and we're getting to know each other and, and talk about the love of Jesus and how we want to move forward yeah. and do that. It's such a beautiful thing to see our people growing as well. It's like a the added bonus, you know? Yeah, I, I remember a, a few months ago I was meeting with a friend who we uh, came to know Jesus and was baptized I was meeting with him on a Friday night. He had a pretty tough background. We were sitting in out back there in Trinity, and I didn't know him. It was really my first time to meet with him. And I said, uh, I said, just you know, tell me your story from as far back as you want and exclude anything you want to exclude. And he started talking to me a little bit about his background. He was really, you know, grew up without a, you know, without a dad and without a mom. And, uh, and so I gave him, I, I was sitting there listening to him, and the Spirit came on me, and I said, I said, well, you, you know, Jesus said, we're all really family, like serious family. And I gave him the story of them, Jesus being in the house and his parents. Who are my sure. mother my yeah, mother and so brothers. You're, yeah. you're here. Those that do the will of my father here are my family. He had never heard that. He, yeah. go, he looked at me with tears in his eyes. And he said, really? He <laughs> said, like that, like family? Like that's, I said, yes, we're, we're family, yeah. like, by, like blood here. And he, he couldn't believe it. Interesting, about two weeks later, he was baptized into Jesus a couple of weeks later. Yeah. Um, so my, my, my point is, it's family. And we're right. trying to make those connections. Exactly what you said earlier, Kevin, that the idea of, of being family. It's more than just uh, friends. It, it, it's really family. And it is, uh, we, we were kind of a bells and whistles kind of church for years. And uh, uh, we made a decision January 2017, I think to kind of get back to basics, be spirit-led instead of trying to lead the spirit around here. Oh, yes. Don't, it, 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 don't do anything till God tells you to do something instead Amen. of just trying everything we could think of and, and wondering why they weren't, those th- efforts weren't blessed, you know. Yes. Uh, because they were outside of, they were ahead of God's will for what he wanted us to do. And, and I think at some point he wanted us teaching and discipling. The two words we came up with, we talked about over and over, with discipleship and community. That's what we're here to do. And, uh, uh, we can we we can and do help as much as we can with other services, but there's plenty of people. There's no need to do du- to duplicate services that are already here, especially where we live in holidays. Rough here, you know. The Metropolitan Ministries with all sorts of opportunities uh, that right. we that we can help you connect with, uh, but doesn't mean we have to deliver that service in competition with somebody that's really tooled and equipped to do it. Right? I said the same thing about Rotary Club. I'm in a Newport Richie Rotary Club, and we. We do a lot of great things in this community in West Pasco, and we, we give money to over 50 charities, do a lot of good work. But the we don't save souls, though. Yeah. Um, and so trying to kind of have the so- resources that are already being used and utilize those 
and then utilizing us as making disciples and and uh, the things that that Jesus and, and the apostles cared about, which is connecting people to other people and to God. Yeah, yeah. There's no competition on helping people. There no. really isn't. We were talking about that before. The community working together is the blessing that's, itself. That's the know? efficient thing that we, uh, uh, you know, we don't we don't duplicate and reduplicate and reduplicate and offer a, a system or a service that's been here, but. And the God Logic project has kind of become this. It's like the it's like a clearinghouse for recovery programs and recovery services. So if you guys do have, uh, we're going to wrap it up here in a minute. If you guys do, I would do, like to thank yep. Michael Kirk for Pastor being Mike willing, PM. What for Wait. being willing, to Pastor Michael, woo! for sharing his program and allowing us to move forward. It's not something he's able to do at the time, but he was very gracious in doing that, and I will always appreciate that. Him and his wife helped me when I started in my recovery, and it's like come full circle that I'm going to be able to take that same program and help other people. So I just wanted to thank him. And Michael, Michael and I have been at recovery kind of, I remember when he came in. So he, we've been working in recovery since he got into recovery, and then into, he got into ministry like a year or two before I did. Then we were partners in ministry for years, and he does have a servant's heart. I mean, he gets a lot done a good guy and uh he really does care he does want for everyone else the same things he wants for himself and that's that that covenant relationship i want to also thank you uh kevin for being allowing us on this program and the god logic program i've i've long since mired admired people in the community that like yourself um of course i've met you recently but i i, I know the things that you do in the community which are fantastic and things like thank this you. um you know we need more things like this to be out in the community and you're, you're, you're delivering fantastic messages uh, on a regular basis, and you're not uh, in a church building somewhere and, uh, you know, trying to be holy in the building. I'm not yeah. trying to pick on that. I'm just saying yeah. this is fantastic, and I, I appreciate you having Rachel and I on this. Uh, I thank you guys for saying that, and we're going we're gonna to wrap it up here in a minute. Uh, if you guys, if you do need any help, you can message me at godlogicproject.com. I'd be glad to help if I can. If I don't have the resources, I'll find somebody that does. Thanks always for supporting the God Logic Project. I encourage you to to uh, subscribe and ring the alert bell. You'll be uh, reminded every time we put up new content. But building a subscriber base is a big part of this ministry. I encourage you guys just to take a second to subscribe. You don't even have to watch this stupid show, but subscribe. It's not that big a deal. I'm only kidding. Uh, uh, you can also watch, of course. That certainly helps my my analytics or metrics or whatever they're whatever they're <laughs> called. I'm just learning that part. Uh, and and uh, I want to thank you guys for being on the show. I, I've been to your church. I haven't been there on Sunday, of course. I'm generally busy on Sunday. Yes. Uh, but uh, I thank you for what you do over there and how you have you plugged in with Rachel and uh, and and help uh, joining the team, helping serve a community that we've been serving here in Pasco for a long time. And so I appreciate Jerry your efforts, Rachel. As always, it's good to see you. Uh, and uh, uh, miss the boys. I haven't seen them in a while, but I don't get over to kids ministry either anymore so uh i don't know yeah, what's going, going on going to camp oh are they casey oh yeah the uh, uh she's got great kids as well in fact i was going to recruit one to do some of this stuff for me because i was struggling uh, i'm getting better at it but being the host and the engineer at the same time is is uh, a handful jeremy's your man <laughs> my son that's what he's learning to do at the church my kids unfortunately their dad still struggles with Addiction. So they have a whole team of dads and uncles at church that have kind of stepped up and helped them. Uh, one of them was there yesterday teaching them how to reset uh, electric plugs, and he was really proud to be at the house saying, I know how to fix this now. 
So it's really cool to see. Excellent. Well, if you guys, if you guys haven't, uh, if you're looking for a church home in the Trinity area, I would recommend Trinity Church of Christ. You can find them at their website, Trinity, Trinity C O. What does that say? C O F C dot com. C of C. Yeah. C of C. Trinity C of C church of Christ C of C. And that's not a church of Christ by denomination, but merely that's what the name is. Yeah, precisely. Okay. So if you, if you're looking for uh, a good uh, Bible based family church in the Trinity area, I encourage you to check them out. Uh, and of course I encourage you to check out next level church. And then at next level, you get to hear me preach once in a while. How cool is that? <laughs> uh, that's it. That's our show for today. I appreciate you guys watching. If no one's told you they love you today, God loves you. And so do we receive that. Be blessed, and we'll speak soon. Thank you. Thank you for supporting the God Logic Project. And if no one's told you they love you today, God loves you. So do I. Receive that. Be blessed. We'll speak soon. This has been a Rev Kev production. Your mileage may vary. Shut up, Kevin.